Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Third Shift. This episode 325, and I, of course, am your host, your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt, and Gay. Guess what? I'm pumped for the show. And you know why I'm pumped for the show? Because I'm here with my buddy, the light bearer, the light bringer, the light bearer, bringer, the beast master of Third Shift, the legal boy. It's Eric. And he's here to tell us, maybe he's not going to tell us why he's a legal boy, because that, that involves legal complications and ramifications. But he is here to tell us how his extended week was, because we recorded like on Monday last week. How's it been for like, a week and a half, Eric? It is very strange, because it has been a week and a half since we've actually done an episode because of Thanksgiving. So let me start it off with what you're talking about. All right? I'll give a little snippet. Matt comes to me the other day. He goes, hey, buddy, you know what time it is, right? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. What do you want, Matt? What is going on? You know what's coming out? What would you say? What, what are you going to do? Remember? Remember this? Nope. I obviously don't. What do you want? Crystal Park car, you're gonna you're gonna stream it out there. This is your debut, baby. You're coming back. I did say I was probably gonna do that, didn't I? I don't like this, Matt. I don't like you telling me these things that I said. I don't like it. I don't like it. And he goes, <laughs> and he laughs and he smiles and he grins. He was so happy. He's like the Grinch after he stole the presents from the little kid. And I was the little kid standing there getting my presents stolen because work was coming. Work. And what I like best is that you never, like, were the one to suggest it. I was always like, hey, when that comes out, mm-hmm. you should stream it. Hey, you should stream it. And the most you ever did was, yeah, I probably should. And now you're doing it. Now you're going to have to do it because you said you did. You said it, and so yeah. you're going to have to do it, and even though you officially didn't say it. I officially it, did, did it, it, but I so, like sort of did. I kind of gave you, like, that just like I would, and I don't like doing that, you know? I've always been a stickler for if I say something, I'll do it. And I'm like, ah, oh, I kind of like gave the image that I would. It's kind of not cool if I just kind of, oh, sorry, boo. <laughs> Peer pressure works, yeah. children. Peer pressure works. I'm like, all right. Well, you know, I have this 4K. I've got a 4K Pro. I've got all the systems. I've got key lights. I've got the stuff. All the, you know, I got all of it. But none of it works. It's all crazy. None of it's orchestrated. I had my whole PC redone again. And I did it. this time I took it in and have somebody that's supposed to know what they're doing to it. Said, all right, let's do it. Now, when I got that PC back, it didn't have an actual Windows on it anymore. They had the, the fake Windows, the you know, not the real Windows. And I've been living off that now for months because I'm like, I had Windows for this PC originally. I don't want to buy another Windows. It's not fair. Why should I pay 140 bucks for something I technically had, but I lost the code years and years ago? I'm sure it's somewhere, or maybe not, but it's gone. And so I tried every damn workaround I could. I could not get Elgato to work. So I had to buy Windows the other day, man. I had to do it. I had to get it back up and running. I got the game capture going. It's it's recording the games. It's recording me. My webcam's up and running. My audio's up and running. But I cannot get the audio to the game to function correctly. And you say, Eric, you used to stream. What the hell? Why didn't you just do the same thing you did? Well, that's what I thought. However, apparently the Elgato 4K Pro doesn't work like the HD60 does. There's all sorts of different things and whatnot you're supposed to be doing and using, etc. And I haven't figured out the audio portion except for when I turn the audio straight to the desktop monitor. 
but then I have to turn it down to zero because then the, the mic would pick it up. So I would be getting double feed and that's no good. It'd be nasty. Plug the headphone jack into the monitor. You got a jack on that monitor? I don't know. I'd have to look at the monitor. I never looked. I mean, that's what I do with my my nice headphones mm-hmm. I always show you. I'll just leave this in here, but it doesn't matter. But I was trying to think of what you were talking about, what you were doing. If it's like speakers off of this thing that feeds back into the mic, just you got to have a jack. You got to have a headphone jack. Yeah, if there's an audio jack, that might do the trick. So assuming there's an audio jack, that might be the problem solved. There's like a 70% chance that that will probably work. There's a 30% chance that there's no audio <laughs> jack on this thing, and it's not going to work. But that's the whole story. That's what's been going on. I've been trying to get everything up and running so I can do some Callisto Protocol for Twitch and have a good time coming back and doing some Twitch streaming. Beyond that, going back in time, we had Thanksgiving. Not only one, but two Thanksgivings. Thanksgiving Day, we had our own family Thanksgiving, had a ham, did all sorts of sides, had a great time. It was honestly wonderful. And if it hadn't been for the fact that I didn't cook that turkey, I would have just called the folks that we were going to do an actual Thanksgiving with later that week. And said, nah, we're just going to cancel. Because it was so good. It was so delicious. It was so perfect. That I really think that was that was it. However, I didn't have the turkey. And for me, I love turkey. i got to have a turkey. So I went ahead and continued on. Sunday, everybody came over. I spent the entire day cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking. Dish after dish after dish after dish. And I cooked that turkey. I took that turkey. I, I dry brined it overnight. I spash locked it or clocked it or whatever the hell it's <laughs> called, where you basically rip out the spinal cord and you flatten that turkey down. I'll tell you what, that turkey was the juiciest, most delicious turkey I have had to date, except for maybe a couple of the deep fried ones I've done. But whoo, it was phenomenal. And then, of course, all the sides I loved. Lots of people didn't eat a lot of the different sides because everybody's scared of everything except for mashed potatoes. I was already complained to Matt. It makes me sad to my heart, but I had every dang dish I could imagine that was delicious. So my plate was just bursting to the seams with good food. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. So I got to say, I think uh, Thanksgiving went without a hitch. Had good conversations with the folks that were here, you know, the usual. And uh, hung out. It was that 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 little case where you're like, all right, everybody should probably head home now. And people stayed a little bit longer than I was hoping for, especially since I have things I got to do that on the Sundays, you know, not anymore, but when I did, I did. So I was like, ah, I kind of want this to be over so I can have at least a little bit of free time before work and everything. Either way though, still a good time. Very appreciative. Had a good time on Thanksgiving. Can't wait till next year. Maybe somebody else will host it this time and I'll just come eat the food they make. And uh, do absolutely nothing but bring, you know, a side dish or something like everybody else did. You'll bring the one side dish because all they'll make is a turkey and some mashed potatoes. Probably. And, and that's it. And that's it. Go, oh and, oh, and rolls. They'll probably have a thing of rolls. You know, everybody brings some rolls. But yeah, so that's Thanksgiving. Good times. What else did I do? Well, I did quite a bit. All right. First off, God of War Ragnarok. I played the hell out of that. I don't know how far I should go today into that. I'm not, and I don't know if we want me to like actually give like kind of a review of it or just let you know that I beat it today. Had a good time with it. In fact, how great of a time with it did I have with it? Well, you might find out if I actually do like a kind of a full spick or if I uh, talk about in the games awards thing, you know. I was going to say, you're probably going to need to save something to talk about for our game of the year awards. That's true. So I don't want to go so, crazy. Yeah. 
I don't want to go too nuts. Let it be said. I'll just say this. Phenomenal storytelling. Bar none. So good. So superb. The story lets you do what you want, but there's a very clear linear path you can follow if you choose to. Very nice. And the coolest part about, I think, God of War, Ragnarok, was the way in which at every opportunity it allows you to do the side quest. It allows you to go away from the linear path. But if you don't and you just go do the side stuff, the story still makes sense. And then if you choose to not do the side quests and do them after the story is told, it still makes a lot of sense. They did a really good job of making it very circular and no, whichever way you choose to play God of War Ragnarok, it makes sense why you're doing what you're doing. Instead of it being the weird usual, like, if you're not over to Commander Xavier in one hour, the world's going to end. And then you go spend 42 hours doing side quests. It, and it makes literally no sense because you just spent a whole freaking 27 days in game doing stuff. And then you go, oh, I'm here, General. I'm glad you're here. Oh, my God. It's been the roughest hour of my life. Here we go. Yeah. Are you ready for the last battle? Uh, sure. Let's do it. God of War solves all those problems. The story is very functional and very well told no matter which way you play it. So I got to give kudos to them. And last but not least, I will just say that I will have some nitpicks, mind you, nitpicks, with uh, the way the last little part is told and how things go down with Kratos and uh, and everybody else around him and what they want him to do. I just felt like uh, they either didn't understand what this meant or they were just rushed and kind of had to throw the last little bit together. I don't know which, and I'll, I'll speak in detail about it, but I'll save it for a later date. Anywho's God of War, Ragnarok, in the books, all done. So I looked at everything and I said, okay, Eric, you got Elden Ring ain't beat yet. You got Tactics Ogre Reborn sitting around. You've got uh, Horizon Forbidden West. When Horizon Forbidden West opened it up, tons of stuff, Matt. Tons of stuff. I went, oh, God. Oh. Heart, heart started just going nuts. I was like, ah, there's no way I'm going to finish this game before the end of the year. Holy crap. I said, just focus. Go to the main story. Did start doing the main story. Remembered, it's a platformer. Got to this area where you had to go up and up and up. And every time I made one false move, one bad jump, I fell all the way down and had to go all the way back up again. So I was like one step forward, two steps back. Yes, indeed, Matt. That's exactly <laughs> what was happening. I did this for about three hours one night, and I went, oh, I went, oh god, okay. I lo- this game I do love. I, I don't. I've always loved Horizon, so it's not like I dislike it. But because the end of the year is nigh, and I want to get what I can in the books to have a you know at least the most fruitful conversations possible, I went. This ain't gonna happen. This ain't gonna happen because I'm trying to rush. I'm not even enjoying the side quests like I like to do anyway. This is going to have to be put aside. All right. So I put it aside. Tactics Ogre Reborn. Let's pop that in. I'm going to talk about this on what you've been playing more. But I'll just say that, oh, yes, I did love these games. And I do. I still do. Because, mind you, I've got around eight hours in now. So it's not like I dislike it. But I remember talking lovingly about the systems and the jobs and the strategy and, and just the brutalness of this type of game. But when I go back now and I'm playing it, I go, oh, God. Okay. All right. (laughs) I guess I do have to go to the training grounds for 
seven hours and buff up the party members and then actually go to the next real battle. I don't mind this, but this ain't gonna fly. I don't got time for this. Threw it off the books, Matt. Boop. Tax overboard, and you're just gonna be waiting for that time when I have time. And that's what I went, okay. Elden Ring, here we go. Got an Elden Ring. I'd already beat the Fire Giant, told you guys about it. I started rocking and rolling again. I figured out how to get to the next area. All sorts of weird story stuff happened that made literally no sense. So you suckers out there saying that Elden Ring's story is still better than God of War Ragnaroks, you're you're dumb. You are dumb. I'm telling you that. As a person who has read a billion books, seen a billion stories, no. No. Elden Ring's story don't make no damn sense unless you want to put in a million hours of extra time reading lore books, watching YouTube videos, going nuts with it. The story that they tell you makes no sense and doesn't actually match up at all because they're taking shit that you don't know unless you read 40,000 lore books that you found inside these little dungeons or places. Stop with it. Stop with it. Now, I, I'm not I'm not playing devil's advocate. I'm not I'll saying say, don't defensive. even try that because you I'm don't not, know I'm the not damn being story. That guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying the way that I said it when we were talking about narrative on the Game Awards is right. There is a good story there, but it doesn't present it to you well at all. No. You don't have any idea what's going on. You don't know who this is. You don't know who that is. You don't know why anything's happening unless you go and read every single piece of every single thing and then you put it all together. And then you got to piece it together too. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. not like it's just, oh, it's a magic story. It actually just all makes sense now. No, you got to go, oh, this bit matches with this bit, which tells a story why this happened to that. And then if you read that part, that part makes sense because of the wolf guy over here. The wolf guy was actually part of this. That's not a good narrative. That's not feeding into like a nice smooth story it's not a good narrative journey yes. it doesn't take you on a narrative journey it just takes you on a physical journey so yes there so and don't get me wrong i love I, i'm softening the blow a little once bit. again just, i just want to say i love elden ring i'm like yeah. i love that game it is wonderful but i just i've seen it too much lately where everyone's like uh, I believe the story of Elden Ring still surpasses that of God of War. So I'm like, stop it, you guys. Come on. Even if you want to pick Elden Ring, that's fine. But you can't say that. That's just a base. Un- it's untrue. It's, you know, where's the fact checkers on this one? Where's the fact checkers, Matt? They're supposed to be here. Gosh. Where's the lie, as the kids say? Where's, <laughs> where's the lie? The lie? <laughs> So anyways, I got into that, and I got uh, I got past uh, the one of the ancient dragons. I got past a bunch of these undead people. I got to these knights who were just wrecking my world and pissing me off. My brother said he's going to hop in. We're just going to tag team this. So look forward to that, everybody. I've got Elden Ring in the crosshairs. She's going to be taken out sometime this weekend if I can get the couple hours I need to do it. So Elden Ring's back on the menu. And then last but not least... World of Warcraft's Dragonflight DLC dropped, and let me tell you, I've only got about two and a half hours into it now, but it feels good. It always feels good when I come back to a brand new DLC and put on the old hat, get my old you know, WASD keys going and my mouse going, and I'm in there and just experiencing the new story. They did a really good job. They've got it so you can actually change up your skill system and your and your uh, your build a lot now. You have a lot of uh, personal touches for your build, whereas for the last few years, it's been really cookie cutter. Just, do you want to be this? Do you want to be Frostfire, Arcane, and then minor perks that really didn't make a big difference or just some minute stuff. Now it's a lot bigger differences in how you put together your build. 
So liking that a lot. They changed up the skill systems to where you actually get some like underneath buffs for having different skills. And then they, you can actually put uh, these cool little things in like runes into the builds or into the skills uh, to make your uh, like herbalism better, to make your uh, alchemy better. A lot of cool little things that are making this a lot more fun and feel really good. I still feel like I'll probably do just, the, you know, the journey, uh, a couple dungeons, maybe a raid, but I'll probably pop off after. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep. I'm sorry. I'm just saying, it's a good time, man. You know, they got a whole I'm new class going. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad they're doing good They've stuff. They've got, a, you know, all sorts of good stuff going on there. I, I, it is, It always makes me kind of sad playing, though, because it just reminds me of the old days when I could just play video games all day, and it didn't matter. There were no repercussions. Nobody was telling me yay or nay. There wasn't kids, obviously, that I'm supposed to be mindful of. And I'm sure for your end, all your old guildies were always yes. on. You were always doing stuff. There were it. like 50 of us on, always talking and laughing and playing together. Same with me anytime I dip my toes back into League of Legends. This is still cool. I still like my favorite chance, but all my friends are gone. Mm-hmm. This was always just a drink beers and put on your headset and just be the most ridiculous fool. And it's just... And the, it's the roots are there. Oh, God. Yeah. But it, it's like a sad experience. Mm-hmm. It, it is. It just is. It's wonderful, but sad at the same time. Of just what was once long ago. It just stinks. Hopefully in retirement days, like I always talk about, I'm going to get back to it. I'll find a new guild, find new friends, and just bury myself in it again when I don't have responsibilities like I do now. But that day's very far away. For now, I will enjoy what I can and keep up how I can so that way World of Warcraft can just live on until I'm ready for that retirement time. And that, Matt, has been my week. It's been a long, crazy week, lots of stuff. I will also mention the PlayStation lineup, but I think I'll do it later. So how's your week, man? How's everything been going? It's been a great week because Thanksgiving is legit one of my favorite, like absolute favorite times of the year because food is always amazing. Like you said, it's not Thanksgiving without a turkey. As soon as I pop that first piece of turkey in my mouth, and mom can attest to this because I went to her house and she makes all the good stuff like she always does. I just went, mm, <laughs> oh, yes. Then I t- got another big helping of my favorite casserole that she makes. I went, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the stuffing that she makes. And it was just, it was pure bliss. And it makes me wonder, as it does every single time, every single year on Thanksgiving, man, why don't I just get the recipes for those things and just make them all the time? And the answer is because then they wouldn't be special. Because I, I thought about that again. I was like, you know, maybe even just like twice a year, I'll make stuff like in March or something. Just, Whenever I'm feeling like the, the cornbread and sausage stuffing that she makes, or the broccoli casserole especially, you can't do it. It wouldn't be it wouldn't you wouldn't have the same experience that you do every Thanksgiving. It makes me sad because it's only once a year, but it makes me happy because I'm still eating leftovers to this day. And it's amazing no. and wonderful. Yes. No, it is. That's gonna, illegal. You know what? It's an improper chopper. It's time to throw it out. I say this every year, and I'm not letting no. it go. It is every time. year you're wrong. It's it 2022, not- Eric. Oh There's God. such things as refrigeration. No. There's a thing right there. It's going. Oh. It's keeping the food cold. It's keeping it delicious. It's keeping it right. Listen, everybody listening to this, you got to set Matt straight. All right? We are a week out from Thanksgiving. It is time to throw them leftovers away. Tell me it's not, everybody. Let Matt know he's wrong. Or if I'm wrong, you know, we got, I got to know. I got to know there's people behind me on this. This can't be, this cannot be me just being crazy. Now, I mean, I would say, you know, if it was leftovers that went bad, like I don't eat bad leftovers. If the, if the turkey ends up slimy, okay, it's time to go away. It's not slimy yet. It's still delicious. It's wonderful. Anyway, so I can't wait 
to finish off the stuffing, which probably will be in a couple days, and then just make a just the giantest bucket of just like turkey salad and just be having sandwiches. I went and bought a loaf of bread for the first time in forever because it's turkey salad time. Oh, it's going to be so good. And it was so good. And thanks to mom who always makes my favorite stuff and it's delicious and we have a great time. And speaking of great times, over the weekend, went and saw the movie The Menu over at my favorite Regal Cinema. Had some little chicken tenders, my fries, and a big old water and watched a great movie. Had a lot of fun. I will say I wish it went I, – I was waiting for it to go, like, completely off the rails and just be, like, absolutely nuts, like uh, Malignant from mm-hmm. from earlier this year or last year. That's what I wanted it to turn into, and it didn't, but it was still really good. You know, I was expecting, like, a horror movie, essentially, and there are horror elements to it. But I think Chet hit the nail on the head because I went, you know, to work. I was like, hey, Chet, how's it going? You doing anything fun this weekend? I'm like, hey, I went and saw the menu, and he went – is that like a horror movie or like a dark comedy? And I was like, there you go. Because there was a ton of hilarious stuff in there. But it was super dark stuff that was also hilarious. So not really a horror movie, but a great time. I had a ton of fun with it. If you get the chance, everybody should go see it. Speaking of getting the chance, that everybody should do it. But I don't want everybody to do it because this is my thing. On Tuesday, after Thanksgiving, Giving Tuesday, Williamston Theater did their annual Giving Tuesday Playathon. Three awesome plays, directed professionally, read by professional actors. It wasn't staged or anything like that, but it's just free. Come on in, have some fun, and boy howdy, did I have some fun. Three awesome shows, and I feel like they got better as it went along. The first one was good as a traditional play. second one was really zany. The third one was historical and zany and touching and all the things that I want, and I really hope they stage that one because there's so many, like, you know, as the person's reading the stage directions to explain what's happening in this in the actual play, it's so insane. There's set changes, there's costume changes, all these people are playing different characters, and then at certain points, they're referencing themselves as actors because this whole thing is like taking place inside this woman's head. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful play. It was called Predictor. So if anybody is looking up, look up Predictor. It's an awesome play. If it's ever staged, you gotta go see it. It was wonderful. It was amazing. And then just last night. So the very next night after that amazing experience, went and saw Harry Connick Jr. at the Wharton Center with Mom doing a holiday concert. He's awesome. We went and saw a concert of his, I think, maybe when I was in high school or college, so a long, long time ago, and he was amazing. He was amazing here again, you know, doing some old holiday standards, which are great, you know, and they're classics for a reason, and he's a really good singer, so it was awesome in that respect. But apparently he's done like three or four Christmas albums of his own, you know, making original songs. And he's got that like jazzy kind of New Orleans style to it. So Christmas songs with an upbeat tempo and just like a fun concert experience where he's got his little jazz band backing him. He's got some strings backing him too. You know, dudes are popping off to the center stage doing sax solo or a drum solo or a trumpet solo. It was just a blast. Ton of fun. Awesome show. Absolutely loved it. Then on the video game front... Speaking of things, I absolutely love getting another stream of Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster. Working my way through the world of Ruin. Man, I, it's so bizarre because I remember as a kid this being a lot more linear. Like, I don't remember just, like, wandering around the world blindly. And I'm not wandering blindly because I know where stuff is. But I remembered it being like, oh, once you get here, then you go here. Once you get here, then you go there. Versus it's literally like, as soon as you get to the mainland... Do whatever. As soon as you find the airship, just do whatever. 
Like it, it points you towards one area, but then that area doesn't point you to anything else. So it's like, wow, I really can just do whatever in whatever order I want. And so I kind of fell back, even though I have the guide here, so don't miss any things, miss any treasure chests, all that stuff. But I'm not going in this order. Guide, you can't tell me what to do. When I get the airship, then I go and get Shadow. When I get Shadow, then I go and get Realm. When I get Realm, then I go and get Strago. When I do that, then I go and get Mog. Then I get Umaro. Then I do it in just this order. You don't. You get Gogo like almost first because you could give Gogo all the awesome skills, and then Gogo's in your party forever. Ah, it's great. It's wonderful. I'm almost there. I got to get Lock. I got to do Strago and Realms quests. Pick up a couple of Magisites. Do the dragons, and then it'll be time for Kefka's Tower. And it'll be done. So I'm getting there. I'm excited because. I think about it every other day. I think about that ending fanfare and the Falcon shooting off into space. And I get chills thinking about seeing it here on this beautiful screen, on, on a beautiful stream and having a great time with that. So I can't wait for more of that. Also played some Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And I did exactly what you talked about with Horizon Forbidden West, Eric. And I went, okay, every time I get on, it's towns upon towns upon areas upon areas of all these things to do. Every message board has 20,000 quests on it. All right. Beeline straight for the story mission. Got to go through this area, find a port, get the boat, go all the way over here, get in. I feel like I have no idea what's going on in this game. It's like Metal Gear Solid Five, Not as good as that, but like where the gameplay and just clearing out a base is so much fun. I don't even remember why I had to go to this island. Some guy wanted me to. Why? I don't know. Just go there. Oh, hey, you found the precursor structure. And now you're talking to this character I won't spoil. Okay, why are we mad at each other? Why is he mad at me? I don't remember. And worse, from the last scene that I saw this character in, he didn't talk to me at all. So he's just mad. And now we're just like, grr, let's go our separate ways. And I don't, I don't know what's going on. And I feel like I'm starting to hate it because of that. Like, I don't want to do the story. I just want to screw around. And if I do that, I'm just going to kill 100 hours. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that. I've had a ton of fun with it. You know, I probably bought it for 10 bucks on a PSN sale, so I haven't wasted my money. But I'm just like, man, I, if I beeline it, I'm not going to have any fun. If I don't beeline it, I'm going to take too much time and never finish this game. So I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But a game I do know what I'm going to do with, because I've already done literally everything in it, is a game called Norco. And that was on the Game Awards for, like, best debut indie game. And I saw it here on PC Game Pass. And it said, a point-and-click adventure game with awesome pixel graphics. And I went, sign me the hell up. And I started up. And the first, like, the first act has some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen in a point-and-click adventure game. Insane, crazy scenes. I had no idea what was going on. And then I started having an idea what was going on. And it got less crazy. It's awesome because there's so much stuff in this game that you would never do in any other point-and-click adventure game. And the story is really good, and you come to like the characters. But at the same time, like the, the grand strangeness that you, that you feel in the first act, it doesn't really come to fruition in the third. And by the third, I didn't really understand why these things were happening. So it's, it's like two halves. I really love it, but I don't love it a lot. But it was really good. Pixel graphics were amazing. The music was awesome. Man, some of the 
I won't say jump scares, but some of the creepy stuff that it does in this point-and-click adventure game format is so good. So I see why it's up for nomination for Best Debut Indie Game at the Game Awards, and I hope it gets some love because it was a ton of fun. I went back, I did all the achievements in it, I had to go through, like, get two on a secondary playthrough. It was a ton of fun. So I recommend everybody go play it, have a great time with it. It's got some unforgettable stuff. The Gator... The Garrets? You'll never forget the Garrets. And Paw Paw, even though I don't understand what is up with that, but I could go all God of War Ragnarok just like you could. But I'm going to end it there. I'm going to say that was my week. What else happened this week or is happening next week? Or tell me something about a thing, Eric. Woo! Well, we'll start with this. We'll talk about a video game that's coming out, man. All right? And and by coming out, I mean it's already out. November 29th, you got The Night Witch, which was developed by Super Awesome Hyperdimensional Mega Team and published by Team 17. It's coming out for Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, X Series S, and Microsoft Windows. So basically everything and anything under the sun, you're going to be able to play this title. This only came to my attention because it was on like the forefront page of an ad while I was watching a Nintendo Direct to watch something else we're going to talk about a little bit later. <laughs> and I went, oh, what the hell? This looks actually really good. So I went and watched a couple reviews on it, and it is fantastic. It looks fantastic. It's a cool, you know, beautifully drawn video game. Indie, of course, developed. And all it is, it's a light Metroidvania meets bullet hell type game. So you are a Night Witch. You're one of the last ones left. I don't know what the hell happened, but you're there to protect this land from being taken over by a bunch of golems, bionic, you know, golems. They're coming to wreck the shop. You're coming to protect it. So you get all these really cool abilities, the bullet hell type stuff. Now, on top of those abilities, as you play this game, going from area to area, stopping the golems, trying to figure out what you can do to get rid of them permanently you will get upgrades to those abilities, and on top of it, you will build a deck of cards. So you will accrue, I think it's 30-something cards throughout this game, that then you could use their abilities, I think it's three of them, at any given time to help you in what you're doing. And of course, using those cards in whatever you know algorithm you put together, along with your abilities, sets the stage for success or your demise. From the reviews, I hear that the bullet hell portion is very, very tough. That uh, You have to be minding your P's and Q's. And because of the super powerful cards and some of the abilities you have, the game seems to like kind of overcompensate on the other side and gives you scenarios that are almost impossible to get out of. So that's, that's a criticism and that it can be too tough to the point where there's not a clear way out. As with most bullet hell games, there's always a way. There's always a hole one little spot that you can zip through to always escape the bullets that are coming at you, the projectiles that are coming at you, the terrain that you're in, whatever the case may be. This one, however, apparently has some issues where it's just not the case. You're going to take damage no matter what the hell you do. But that's subjective because maybe they didn't have the right build. Maybe there was an actual card they could have had in their, their little three-man deck that would have negated that particular spot. So I don't want to say yay or nay to that because I haven't played it myself. But... Watching the reviews, I can tell you, like I said, with the Metroidvania part, you will go from area to area and you will have to backtrack occasionally to go get those skills that I'm talking about to upgrade. But beyond that, the story is pretty linear. So if you don't want to go back and upgrade, you can just keep kind of cruising through the environments that it's presenting to you and not and basically never really go back back. But 
if you're playing this type of game, you're probably the kind of player who wants to get those skills, get the extra abilities, get the extra points, do all that. So you will have to go back and, and go in environments to get those set abilities. And hence, the Metroidvania part comes into play. Like I said, wonderful music. I mean, everything I heard, phenomenal. It was just really rocking, giving you that vibe, making you feel like you wanted to dodge the bullets, kill the next baddie, use the different abilities, use the different skills. And speaking of which, they were they were just they looked gorgeous on screen, like beautifully drawn. Everything's just everything was flowing. All the lights you could see clearly where you were and what was happening around you. I did appreciate that part a lot. And then of course the interaction with the characters, all beautifully drawn. All of them just like had their own spice to them. Really made you feel, you know, like you're in that world. I haven't played a bullet hell game in a long time. I used to love bullet hell games. I used to play, used to play tons of them at the arcade and whatnot. Kind of fell off. Just something I never really got back into. Just never. But after seeing this and just taking a look at it, this might be the perfect fit. You know, grab this indie game. I'm sure you can find it. You know, for a percentage off on Steam or somewhere else. I doubt it's, you know, no $59, $69 game. So it can't be that hard to get into. And just from what I've seen, it looks fantastic. It sounds fantastic. Only The only downside is it may be a little tough, maybe a little annoying. But even then, last part of this was when you die, it's not like there's a punishment. Apparently, it just takes you back to the last checkpoint it had. And, yeah, that can be annoying. But also, from a couple of reviews, it's no more than, like, 30, 40 seconds from where you were anyway. And yeah, that's not... Some games are way better than that nowadays where it's this instant in, instant back to right where you were. Like Celeste, for example, just was perfect with it. So apparently this game doesn't have that down to a science. But hey, look, 30, 40 seconds extra backtracking. I don't know. I don't think that really kills the game itself for me. But maybe it does for you. Take a peek for yourself. I uh, definitely recommend it at least check out the Night Witch, which you can get on any system you want. And that game you're talking about, Eric, has a similarity with the much bigger game that I'm going to talk about, which is Marvel's Midnight Suns, which comes out tomorrow as we're recording this, on the 2nd of December, developed by Firaxis, published by 2K Games. It's out for the Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. This is the game that if you've heard me talk about it, if you've heard anyone else talk about it, it's the Avengers mixed with XCOM. And it is and it isn't. So this is a tactical combat game featuring all kinds of Marvel characters. Basic story setup, a demon from 300 years ago has been reawakened. You, your original character for this game, who you do get to customize, male, female, all, all their looks and all this stuff, is the daughter of that demon, also comes back. The demon fights the Avengers. They get their butts kicked. So Doctor Strange pops out and says, Hey, Avengers, come on with me and you, original character, to this compound where I have a bunch of younger magical heroes. So you get to cut this kind of meshup of, of traditional big superheroes and the magic type superheroes. You all got to work together to defeat this demon. How do you do that? You go into tactical combat where you use cards for each of the heroes that you bring with you. So there's the card element. We got a card game duo here. And essentially the cards equate to the abilities of each hero. So, you know, you bring Spider-Man, you got all these Spider-Man cards. And what's cool about them is it's not like a mana system, like a cost for each card. You get like one movement and you get three card plays. So if you bring Spider-Man and you just want Spider-Man doing all the things, boom, there you go. He's just doing it. But what's cool about it also is the animations that come when you play those cards. It's not like, you know, you're stayed on a grid and play the card and it just goes poof, fireball. 
when you play Web Swing, you play it, and then it's a beautiful animation of Spider-Man doing his thing in the 3D arena that you're in, knocking people around. The arenas are especially cool because there's all kinds of breakables, there's all kinds of throwables, you know, traditional exploding barrels, all kinds of stuff. And almost all of your abilities that the heroes have have giant AoE effects. So if you hit an enemy with this ability and it knocks them back and they go into the explosive barrel and then that can knock them into another enemy, you're just knocking people out left and right. All kinds of cool stuff. There's some stages you can knock enemies off the edge of. So you got to be cognizant of where you're positioning your people, how you're using these abilities to chain into other ones. Looks like a ton of fun. So that's what everybody's been loving. All the reviews I've seen, the tactical combat is a ton of fun. It's not grid-based. It's just based on the cards. And, you know, you pick this person and they use the card against this enemy so they kind of move in relation to what the ability would do. Like if it's a ranged ability, they kind of back up and then pew pew. So it's not moving them on a grid. It's not telling your characters where to go, really. You're using the cards. And everybody's loving the battle system. They say it's amazing. It's addictive. It's so much fun. Doing even even the side missions is fun just because you get to see those superheroes at their rawest, at their realest. They come to life in the battle system. But outside of the battle system, you're in this essentially a big base. And when you're not in battles, you can go back to the base You can wander around the base, you can explore the grounds, you can find upgrade materials. You can go to different stations inside the base and upgrade them to expand the base, to give you more abilities. Maybe this room lets you augment your cards, you know, give them like a plus one strength. You upgrade that room, now you can unlock variants of the different cards. So instead of just plus one strength, now you got two attacks instead of one, that kind of thing. Maybe this room over here, you can combine cards to get even better cards. This one lets you draw cards for the heroes that you just used. So all kinds of base building stuff, just like in the recent XCOM games. And then on top of that, you can go around. Oh, look, Captain Marvel joined the team. You can go talk to her like an old Bioware game, learn all about her past and all about her backstory. And then she's going to have interactions with everybody else who's in the base. And I've heard that that's maybe the weakest part because everyone's just kind of their traditional characters and they don't, there's not a lot of flexibility or like extremes or edge to them. You know, even characters like Wolverine or Blade who are you know traditional loners and badasses and mean dudes, they're just kind of nice people who are glad to see you and glad to have this big conversation. And Oh, hey, you want to go, go stargazing and we'll talk while we're looking at the stars? I don't know. Some reviewers have been really harsh on that. Seems to me like it's just like kind of, you know, a traditional Bioware situation where here's your party members. Even though you, the player, know all about them, you, the character, are someone who's been asleep for 300 years. So you don't know who any of these people are. So you're working together with them. You're bonding together. There's also a morality system in here. Good points. You got bad points. Apparently that also takes place in battle where some of the cards, some of the abilities you can use are lean kind of more one way or the other. One of the cool things I've heard about the interaction system is, like I said, you got characters like Blade, you got characters like Spider-Man and Wolverine. Some of them respond more to direct stuff. Some of them like you being a little rougher, a little meaner. A lot of the reviewers have been really harsh on the team conversation stuff, but everybody is loving the battle systems. And I'm, I'm loving the battle system too from what I'm seeing, especially it's all card-based. When you get a hero, they have like 10 separate cards which are different abilities or different attacks. And you can bring eight cards for that hero into battle. So if you want three web swings, three web shooters, all this other stuff, you can mix and match and combine and then synergize with your other characters. And it just, it scratches the itch for me, just like when we've played Marvel Legendary with James or Sentinels of the Multiverse, where you just 
pop, I'm going to use this, and then you're going to use that, and we're going to combo here. It just seems like a ton of fun. Now, the only thing that is keeping me from just immediately putting this on the list is everybody saying, it's a great game and I'm loving it, or, you know, loving half of it at least. But it's like 45 hours. It's 65 hours. It's 70 hours. I've put in 100 hours. And I'm kind of scared because it's a lot of hours. You know, especially if you just kick it around side missions. If the combat is so fun, I feel like, again, this is going to be a Metal Gear Solid Five thing where I'm just having so much fun playing. I don't care about the story. I don't want to do the story. I just want to I just want to shoot and bam and blast and kaboom. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there it is. So a long game full of awesome tactical combat, some team building stuff, some base building stuff. If any of that sounds interesting to you, definitely check out Marvel's Midnight Suns. I'm definitely going to check it out. Maybe I'll wait for a sale or a price drop, though. Just, I don't know. I feel like... I could maybe never make it to the end of this because the combat could be so fun that I'd just be blowing stuff up all day. I don't know. It's what I've been looking at, but I'm in the same boat. I think I'm going to wait for a nice big sale or something for it. And I know, you know, you shouldn't do that because that doesn't support developers. But let's be honest, you know, I got a pocketbook and I got to pick and choose when I'm playing. And this one for me just says, uh, wait for a nice sale and pick it up when I got some free time because I love the tactical side of it. The, The card system does sound fun and amusing. I'm not too big on the whole Abby portion, but you know maybe maybe it'll uh, you know bring me in, lure me in at the end of the day. We'll see. And the other thing is, I'm interested to see what the DLC will be for this game because I know they've got a season pass and stuff. Could it just be brand new characters with brand new interactions? You know, obviously brand new cards and abilities. Could be a ton of fun. They could switch it all up. They could do all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, the opportunities there are wild. So we'll see what it has in store. Maybe we'll uh, have one of those, two of those revealed before me or you even pick it up, and we'll know the direction it's going, and that might even edge us to get it. But in the meantime, Matt, I don't got an edge or look or, or pocketbook nothing because PlayStation freaking put up its December lineup, and I'm so glad. I am so glad this month. I am. I can't. I can't even tell you. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is coming for anybody who has, obviously, the PlayStation Plus. That's incredible. I've, I've been wanting this since it hit. I've been wanting it, and I'm like, you know what? Whenever I'm bored and there is an actual lull big enough, I would love to replay two, maybe even three. Doubtful I'll replay one, but at least those two for sure. Now I have it. I just got it. I got it for free. It's there forever. I don't got to worry about it. Now whenever the hole comes, I get to play it free of charge. Yeah, I I will agree with you. I've I've been wanting it since it launched, but it's always been that you you can't you can't buy it. You, you can't do this. Mm-hmm. So now getting it for free is awesome because I will play through one again and I will play through two again. I probably won't play through three because we've already discussed my three female shepherd. Best. My female shepherd would have burned that whole thing down at the end. Would have punched that hologram kid in the face, and she would have just ruled over the entire world as some giant evil being of destruction Getting she would have been the point, emperor it was wonderful she would have been emperor palpatine just sucked it all up and bzzz, everybody's dead just play up to that and then you just stop there's a very clear moment when that part comes yeah true. you just turn it off and you just stop playing and just imagine what it would have been had it been you because up to that point a fantastic game so much fun had a great time with it and then that didn't stop there though Okay, because the second one hit Divine Knockout. Don't know what that is. Doesn't matter. I have no idea. Yeah, that one. I was going to bust your balls about this one. What a hell of a lineup. Tell us all about Divine Knockout, Eric. Woohoo. That's not the one. It's the third one and the final one, Biomutant. 
I've been wanting to check this title out since it hit. I remember mowing my yard, just buzzing around on my little, you know, no turn, hearing so much about Biomutant and, and ranging from good to terrible about this game. And the people who talked good said it was just fantastic, such so overlooked, so this, so that, so that. And the people who said it was terrible said, ah, they, they screwed this up and they really didn't even try to do this. And I was, I was just so intrigued. What is this game? That has so much promise that does look gorgeous from all the little gameplay that I saw of it back when it was fresh and hitting. Have that. It's got people on both extremes. Usually when this happens, that's because there's been outlets that have been told to say things and it's not matching up. Is this the case here? I don't know because I never had the money or the time to play Bob Mutant, so I just let it go. You know, instead of some of the titles where I'm invested in, you know, and this happens and I go, okay, whatever. I'm just going to figure out myself. Now that I get it for free, I get to finally go ahead and pop that sucker in. And for better or worse, play through three to five hours and get a gist and a feel for it myself. But to me, it has that, that, that game I played a couple of years back, two, three, one, I don't remember, the goo, the gunk, or whatever that was. Like, it has that vibe to me. Like, it was made with a, 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 a passion. You know, for that old school glory days of the, you know, the fun adventure platforming type game going on. And maybe I'm completely off. I don't know. But I get to finally check it out. And that's what I'm excited about. I know the game's been on sale a million times, but I've also had a million games that I need to buy and play because it's a passion of mine, something I want to do. Now I get to just pop this in, spend a few hours in it, and get a get a feel for myself on what the hell side of the spectrum this game's on because it was wild it was uh just crazy how different people's reviews for this game were like they were playing completely different games different people so i get to find out for myself and i'm happy about it i'm looking forward to trying this one just like you said everything when you talked about it it sounded pretty good you know obviously it's not triple a tier anything but you know it sounded like it was ambitious for what it was trying Mm -hmm. to do and it sounded like it had some really cool ideas but then I would watch some reviews and go, oh, man, this is trash garbage. But I'd look at it and I'm like, but it's not. I can tell that it's not like a garbage game because I've seen garbage games. I've played garbage games. This looks like a game that works and, and it looks good and you can play it. And maybe not everything works, So it's, but it's not, it's not garbage. So like you said, I'll have it. It'll be in the library. But I'm sitting here just, you know, with my hands in my pockets going, I don't know what to play. I'm in between these two giant games. Oh, well. I'll download that one and give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, at least I get to put my hands on it and uh, have my own opinion. And form an opinion. Exactly. And then, of course, with that being said, Matt, we're jumping right into what's your opinion on that Super Mario Brothers trailer? Let me tell you, Eric, I got a lot of opinions on this one. Oh, no. I got so many because I feel like if I had watched it, then I would either enjoy it or disenjoy it. It's one of those things, it was a Twitter news item. Hey, whoa! But I was at a place where I couldn't just watch a trailer on Twitter. Maybe I, I heard about it on or around Thanksgiving, and I was like, oh, cool. Later today, I'll watch this. And I put my phone down, and I never watched it. I've seen a screenshot of Peach holding a giant axe. So, I mean, that's cool. I like axes. I like Peach. That's pretty awesome, let me tell you. I got big opinions on that. That's the best, best, best version of Peach we've ever seen. She's got an axe. I love it. Boom, hot take, bam, slam things down on the desk, except everything's... I mean, isn't it like a halberd more than an axe? But yeah, I mean, sort of, whatever. Close. I mean, nobody knows what a halberd is, Eric. You and I know, if I say halberd, somebody would be like, a, a, a bird? <laughs> was that a bird? A bird? <laughs> bird crossed with HAL 9000? <laughs> oh, I can't do that, Dave. 
gosh. Yes, yes. All right. Well, that's unfortunate because it's fantastic, man. This trailer that they just popped out is fantastic. And I don't care what the haters. There's some haters still going on about the Chris Pratt thing. Just stop. I don't. You know, just stop it, you guys. The movie is looking fantastic. Donkey Kong gets revealed as you know Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. He doesn't really talk, so you don't get to see Seth Rogen's voice yet. But he comes into play. Like you said, Peach comes into play here. Her voice actress. She's talking and doing stuff. The Toads have a really good moment. You get it. You get a reveal that he gets to do cool classic 2D Mario actions going in the pipes coming out of the pipes doing the platforming stuff there's an obstacle course where they have the rotating fireballs and how that's pulled off and why he's doing it there's also a big reveal of the rainbow road he's in a mario kart race handling business they're doing all the things he's even crossing the classic bridge map with peach and toad and toe and the freaking piranhas are jumping over the bridge and of course you know, some comedic antics ensue, and, and it it hit all the, it just was, it was just popping. Just every little scene was nostalgia. Every little scene had an homage to a particular Mario Brothers, this or that. Luigi got a big scene with Bowser interrogating him, and of course, that was fun. That was entertaining. It still didn't reveal a bunch, though, which I, I, I love, because, I you know, I still want to go in and figure out how this all came to be. Why is Mario here? Is Mario like a real person that got put in the world? Or is Mario just a Mario from a different universe? None of that's explained still. But it showed you all the different Marios. And how it all is going to kind of come together. What a phenomenal job. And then of course the, the 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 music at the end there. Just that classic Mario put in this really cool new beat. All the feel goods. All the feel goods. I can't wait till April. I'm I'm getting the wife, the kids. I'm spending hundreds of dollars. We're doing the popcorns. We're doing all the things, and we're gonna see this movie and just have the time of our lives. I almost kind of want to stop here at this trailer and not watch anymore because I felt like it did such a good job of just setting it up that I don't want to get too too much farther in. And it's gonna do. I mean, everyone's gonna do what movie trailers always do. This is my jump in and have a rant moment. Every trailer shows you too damn much of the movies these days. First trailer, maybe not. Second trailer, probably a little too much. Mm-hmm. Third trailer, way too goddamn much. Third trailer shows you the f***ing ending most of the time. Yeah, I, you know, I've been seeing ads for the menu on TV when I'm at mom's house. I literally shut my eyes and cover my ears and look away until it's done because I don't want. I didn't want to know going in. I you hooked me with the first trailer, and then you showed me too much with the second and the third trailer. Oh, just play, like you said, play the whole f***ing movie. They, there is a huge habit of that happening. This one, you could argue there maybe was too much, just because, you know, you get the reveals of a lot of different cool tropes and things that happen to Mario Brothers, but I do feel like the sale was there, and it did a good job of doing it, but I agree 100%. Like, I don't want to see more, because it's going to end up doing that where it always does. Shows you the ending, but it's in the middle of a thing, and you don't know it's the ending, but if you're actually intelligent, you can probably go, oh, wait a minute. What I just see. And the whole time you're thinking, well, they haven't got to the castle yet. Mm-hmm. They haven't got to the castle yet. Oh, here's the castle. Well, they haven't done the scene that I saw yet. With the oh, fire oh. and then the jump well, that was over. the big scene. Okay, yeah. yep, got it. There it is. Okay. So, yeah, I'll probably stop there and just wait till April at this point. So I won't talk about it that much anymore. But I want to tell you, if you didn't see that second one and you're okay with some mild spoilers going on, go check it out. What a wonderful job. Everybody seems to be doing such a fantastic job at uh, voice acting, etc. Can't wait for this movie, man. I'm in the same boat, dude. 
I mean, I will be once I watch the trailer. Probably at work tomorrow. I'll need a break. I'll look at you. I'll look, see you across the room and I'll go, what was I supposed to do? We talked about something on that show. I don't know. And then I'll remember yeah. like two hours later and I'll go, okay, now I'll watch the trailer. <laughs> so we're running up on time and we had two more things we wanted to talk about today. Uh, one being, what are you wrapping up the year with, Matt? We can make this very brief. And then the second, any last guesses, any last things for the Game Awards show? Because the Game Awards show is next Thursday, if you don't know, at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we'll already have the show recorded before we actually go into watching this. But I feel like the watchers and listeners, obviously, you would already have seen it after we've recorded it. So I don't think any last guesses will work there because it it won't make sense. You'll have already watched it. Now it just sounds dumb us saying things that don't make any sense because they didn't come to fruition, which they usually don't. So this is the last moment, Matt, for A, what are you wrapping up the year with for your Game of the Ward stuff? And B, any last guesses, any last just oohrahs, I'm so excited for the Game Awards for next week with Jeff Keighley. I'm excited for everything they show because I – I never know what's going to get shown. Like I, I see this every year. There's always one big surprise. There's always one thing I never thought about, never knew about. Even if it's a small thing, it'll hook me and really hook my interest. And it, and it makes me go, holy crap, what is this thing? And I have no idea even what's in development. What's <sighs> There's one thing I would like to see, but they just transferred development of it to a new team and threw away everything that was there. And that was Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, the remake. I wanted to see actual in-game goddamn footage of that and i won't now because it's in the bin it's in the garbage bin somewhere it's in somebody's recycle bin on their on their computer and it makes me mad but here here's a pie in the sky thing whatever hideo kojima is working on give me a still shot give me a 30 second teaser he's always at this damn thing Mm -hmm. so give me a hideo kojima thing because i can't get star wars knights of the old republic remake as for what i'm Wrapping up the year with, obviously, Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster and moving on into Final Fantasy VII. What I really want to do, though, and I don't hold myself to the same rules as you, so I've given slots on the Game of the Year awards to games I haven't beaten yet, but what I want to do is get back into Triangle Strategy, but then I'd have to hook it up in this new setup that I have where only the PlayStation 5 and the PC are hooked up right now. Like, I have that itch. Units on a map. I want to scratch that itch, and I want to scratch it on this big beautiful new monitor that i have so that's something i have to do i want to do so that's probably what i'm gonna do that's the only thing i can think of though because everything else i don't have a lot of like hanging on stuff that i know is going to be on that list that i want to beat that's the one i mean i know there's stuff that i i want to play and i want to get in but that's the one that it's going to be on that list somewhere i don't know honorable mention top five whatever but i'd want to get back to it and 100 percent beat it so i can say that i actually did it awesome i kind of said at the top for myself uh i already wrapped up god of war ragnarok that was a must do for this year's you know our game awards topics etc and the only other one that i have to no matter what is callisto protocol Uh, that's the other title i have to beat this year before the end of the year because i need that to be talked about because i like you said i have my own rules and it cannot be in next year's and i will not allow something made by the team behind dead space to just die on the vine without me being able to, you know, praise it and or hate it, you know, because obviously I haven't touched it yet. Who knows? But that has to be done. Uh, and the other, I would like to finish Horizon, but it's probably not going to happen. And Tactics is not going to happen, so I already scraped that off the list. And then my dream would have been um, 
Final Fantasy, Crisis Core, but me and you kind of laughed about that already. That's not going to happen. So for me, Callisto Protocol is the only other title this year that I, I have to wrap up before the end of the year and we have our talk about everything else. I feel it's a damn shame that it came out this late and that every other uh, entity out there is not going to consider it for this year, like anybody, and it's going to get put into next year's, and we all know the reality and the truth of what's going to happen with Callisto Protocol in next year's Game Awards and any other IGN Awards, Game Informer Awards, GameSpot Awards, you name it. It's going to be completely and utterly forgotten by the end of next year. So it really bums me out. So I want to make sure I can at least give it room to shine with our folks here. And then last but not least, the Game Awards. My dream came true already. And that is that the uh, producer of Final Fantasy sixteen, Naoki Yoshida, is coming to the Game Awards. And he's going to have a big spot there doing a thing. He says, what's that thing? Not telling you. Maybe it's an orchestral bit. We're doing some of the music. Maybe it's a big announcement. Maybe it's me playing the game. I'm not saying you just need to tune in and find out what I decide to do. Maybe it's just a guy in a big old blow up Bahamut suit just going across yeah, going, the stage. Rah! Hey, Bahamut's here. Yeah. Do 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 Mega Flare. I don't care what it is. My dream came true. I wanted to know more about FF16. I wanted to get really in depth and get that vibe just humming in me, you know, ready to go. Because I can't wait for the next Final Fantasy title. I liked 15, unlike a lot of people. So I'm still on track. I'm still with the Final Fantasy heartbeat, and this one's looking extremely promising. And right back in that like classic Final Fantasy vibe, you know what I'm saying? So I'm all about it. I'm 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 super stoked that it already was announced, so I don't have to guess here. I'm hoping that he announces that they're pushing it back a year. Oh, come not, on. not 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 why, not why not not, not to this? be a jerk. Not to be a jerk. No, 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 no. <laughs> because then I can actually when I get to it mm-hmm. will be the It'll time be that I can get to it. Like like I'll have just beaten fifteen and boom, sixteen's out. Let me get it on the stream. Let me do it, all the stuff and hoo, hoo, hoo. I'll give you at least a mild plus. There's no way it ain't coming out to at least fall of next year. Right, right. So you already have most of the year to get to that point. At the pace you're going, there's no way hell it's happening. I was gonna say you're going far too slow for that to even be remotely possible, but you're also going far too slow for that remotely possible for even the next year. At the rate you're going, you'll probably be at sixteen in three to four ish years, roughly. So, no matter what, you're not going to be able to be on par with it. Well, busy man. Look at this calendar full of events that I did. You know, you got all sorts of, you know, you go to plays and do all sorts of stuff. So, I ain't ain't Josh. I ain't messing with you. I'm just saying, realistically, we won't ever have that moment where we could play it, you know, together while you're playing stream and I'm playing it real time and uh, have that conversation. You all know that listen to the show. Me and Matt never have that conversation except for like once in a blue moon. We're always playing the games at different times and spectrums and we don't even play the games together when we get games at the same time. Yeah. So it's just it's it's just crazy. <laughs> it's it's bonkers. Beyond that, I'd love to know what Gearbox is up to, but honestly, I have no idea. I have no idea, and I honestly don't think nothing's coming right now. I think no. it's too early in the pipeline for them to really talk about much. And uh, Kojima, I think, as a shoe in, I think you'll get something from him here because he's. I think I've heard he's working on two projects right now. So I think one of those is just for sure going to be talked about here and if i had to hope and i'm not even going to mention the usual stupid because we're done on time but i want to say for realsies i hope to see more on some of the silent hill projects that were announced earlier this year uh get a little bit more in depth on any of them i don't really care which ones just because i love silent hill and look forward to seeing more on it and like you said surprise me i want all sorts there's all sorts of stuff that could just shock and woo me and make me text man go ah 
and scream like a little kid and have a good time. It's always a fantastic night, even though this time's going to suck really bad because I go to work at six in the morning now instead of eight. So mm-hmm. when I stay up till 10, 30, 11 to finish it, I'm going to be dead. This will be the first time in years that I don't have to worry about it, except for like the one time I took the next day off. Mm-hmm. Because now I go to work at 8. So staying up to 10, 30, 11 is it's what I do fine. anyway. Mm-hmm. It'll be just fine. But like you said, I want to dial it back to one realistic thing. And I want to see more from Resident Evil 4 Remake. Ooh, That's yeah. a possibility. Mm-hmm. It's announced. You know, We've seen this similar trailers. I'd like to see a trailer that shows us the stuff we're used to and then – one of those twists Show we've been talking like, about. Because wow, yeah. there's something, there's different stuff in there, and I want to see one big end, bam, a big twist at the end. That would be super cool. And beyond that, I don't know, just, you know, surprise me. I'm super stoked, can't wait for next week. It's like a holiday for me. You know, I'm just yeah. all like a little kid. It, it, I ain't going to lie, it's better than Christmas for me, all right? I look forward to this more than I look forward to Christmas or New Year or anything like that. So I, I'm already just pumped up, jazzed up. I already got a little brain picker in my little head going, Harry, maybe you should take like the morning off work on Friday. You know, skip the morning. Just come in for three, four hours and call it a good day. You got the time for it. Might as well do it. I got the time for it. I know. We'll see. But just like you said, this is one of my favorite times of the year because not only the awards themselves are fun, but all the reveals, all the surprises, all the teasers, all the all the awkward developer moments or the awesome developer moments is joseph ferris going to be able to show off a trailer for something else new that he's working on because we know he's working on the new thing i'm excited what about you out there in podcast listener land what are you excited for what are you i mean we haven't gotten any feedback on what you hope is going to win let us know that let us know anything let us know any kind of questions comments concerns if you just want to say hi get a hold of us via the email thirdshiftmeetgmail.com on the twitter machine at thirdshiftme and find us on facebook go to third shift indeed you can find us over there you can also find us on patreon like a tip jar you can head over there like what you hear like what you're seeing throw a buck two bucks three bucks thousand bucks you know what i just said it it's christmas time hey christmas gift to third shift whoop whatever you can do that if you don't have money and you cannot do any of that though you can support us by giving us the mailbag questions, by bringing in uh, the five-star reviews at iTunes, Spotify. You can head on over to Twitch. Give us that Amazon Prime sub. That costs you nothing. You can click the button and do that. Or you can just watch whenever we're on and playing and just vibe with us and hang out a little bit. Any of that stuff is awesome and helps us out, makes us feel good, gets the algorithms, makes us popular. Another person sees us all of a sudden, wow, it's so crazy. And then we're rich and famous and I'm spiking my hair up all cool and doing weird things. And I'll have a persona. You know, I should get a persona. Maybe, you know, if we ever get to that point, you guys can help me be and become whatever persona, online persona I'm supposed to have. You know, I can do that. So think about it, you know. Spiking your hair up all weird, so you're just going to spike your goatee out. It's the only thing you're talking about. Yeah, I got no hair nowhere else. <laughs> that's spike right. your eyebrows no out. That's I about it. Spike, spike about like half a millimeter. What are you talking about? <laughs> There's like a two-inch gap here still. It's like I could just like <laughs> spike it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> You'll just look like you're wearing headphones again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what everyone should be talking about instead is listening to the very next episode, which will probably be dropping on the 7th of December instead of the 8th. But you can still find it on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. We really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. We appreciate it so very much. Just like we appreciate those five-star reviews, which I keep on telling you to throw our way. For the love of bajosis, you didn't do it for Turkey Day. Come on. 
Christmas, New Year's, it's right around the corner. Throw us a bone, get us up there. You know, we need thousands of these five-star reviews. That's how we got to do it. And you all can make it happen. You can make it a reality. You can make dreams come true. You have the power in your fingers right now to make a freaking dream come true. Why not do that? Why not? Why not? As much as I do appreciate the you have the powers in your fingers to make dreams come true line, because I, I think it, it's a nice way of putting it, not a, not a negative way. Yeah. You sound like a goddamn televangelist, and I hate it. You got the power in your hands <laughs> to make dreams come true. <laughs> Call 1-800-PRAISE-JESUS right now and donate all your life savings to the church. It's going to be a great thing, and God will throw blessings upon you. Bless you. Hallelujah. Praise third ship. Wow. Yeah, with that, there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to oh, say. But I'll tell you. Don't you dare forget, forget to say. <laughs> Shut up and sit down.